With no fees or minimums, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than deciding to listen to another episode of your favorite podcast. And with no overdraft fees, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank. Capital One N.A. Member FDIC. Hey, everybody. I want to talk to you about Squarespace Courses. It has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Start with a professional layout that fits your brand, upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills, and tailor your course with a powerful Fluid Engine editor. You can create engaging content your audience is going to love, then simply add a paywall and set the price. Turn your creativity into income with Squarespace Courses. So just go to squarespace.com slash stuff for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use our offer code STUFF to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Hey everybody, it's your friend Josh, and for this week's Select, I chose our 2016 episode on horoscopes. And I was pretty proud of us on this one because we took something that both Chuck and I were incredulous about, and we talked about it on its own terms, which can be tough to do. So I'm kind of proud of this one, and I hope you at the very least enjoy it. If not, feel proud of us too. Welcome to Stuff You Should Know, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. There's Charles W. Chuck Bryan. (laughs) And Jerry's over here. And we're just... Relaxing here in Studio 1A. So this is stuff you should know. Oh, I thought it was Astro Chat. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we would call Astro our... Astro Chat's a great name. Our horoscope, or Podcast? should I say horror-scope. No, you shouldn't say that. No. <laughs> <laughs> would you ever want to do a, a horoscope or astrology podcast? Oh, you mean on its own? Yeah. No, I oh. would not. <laughs> See, well, we were talking about this briefly... Until I didn't do it this time, but normally whenever this is a secret, Chuck, that I'm about to share with everybody. Oh, the pre, pre-taping secret? Yeah. If we start to talk and get too involved in the topic before we start recording, usually one of us will be like, stop, stop. This is golden. Just save it for the podcast. Sure. We didn't do that this time. I think we just kind of naturally discontinue conversations Sort of now. petered out. <laughs> right. But um, you were saying... That you are, and I don't know if you're ready to admit this or not this early in the episode, <laughs> you're a little incredulous about horoscopes and astrology. Yes. Okay. Um, I am as well, but the, I think the difference between us is you're just kind of like, come on. And as I was researching it more and more, I was like, this is really interesting. I could sit here and read about this like all day. And now that it's been brought up, I'm like, I could probably do a skeptical, but not with the aim to like destroy it, but right. just from a skeptic standpoint, a podcast on astrology. I think that that would fascinate me personally. And like, I hope you get that chance people. one day. <laughs> Maybe so. Uh, Dare to dream. Yeah. I think we, we got on that because I was having a hard time wrapping my head around a couple of, uh, I'm not going to say scientific parts, but a couple of the sciencey, sciencey parts of this. <laughs> and I kept going back to like, oh, who cares? It's not real. Yeah. <laughs> so it was hard for me to commit to the learning of it. And and we typically have a thing where it's like, you know, poo-poo people's beliefs. Yeah. We're not really doing that here. But there have been a couple of occasions where we're just kind of like, this is, there's just no way. And one of them was crop circles. 
Yeah. Um, I'm, I don't plan on poo-pooing this throughout, but I think it's good for us to state our beliefs from the get-go. All right. So that we don't mislead anybody who's, who does believe in it. Well, here's... I, I did. I had my astrological chart done once. Um, you did? Yeah, I didn't like seek it out and pay for it. My friend's mom is really into this, and she asked me one time. She's like, "Do you want me to do your chart?" And I went, "Sure." So she did my chart, mm-hmm. and I remember looking at it and thinking, "Like, wow, a lot of this, you know, kind of like when you look at your sun sign." And we'll go ahead and say that's what most like. Like when somebody says, what sign are you? Yeah, or if you read your daily horoscope, yeah. it's, it's based on your sun sign. Right. Um, I would look at things like that or like my whatever my year is on the Chinese zodiac and think like, oh, wow, I am some of these things. Right. But then I'm like not about half of those things. Sure. So uh, I just think it's interesting. And it, but I think it's interesting as well. But yeah. again, from a standpoint of where I don't actually believe it's effective or real, but just the thought put into it and – Ed wrote this article, The Grabster. Yeah. And he makes a really good point. He's saying, like, even if you don't believe it or not, getting your your chart done is interesting in and of itself. I think so, sure. And at the very least, it's going to force you to be a little more introspective about yourself than, than you normally would be because you're being presented with basically, like, Here's your personality according yeah. to the cosmos. And it's you can't help but think, well, like, am I introspective? Am I uh, – do I set things on fire? I think um, anything that can spur self-reflection is valuable in some ways. Yes. I think that's where it interests Like me. I would go to a palm reader just to know what that's like. Right. But I wouldn't leave thinking like, oh, boy. Right. My life is set out before me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know Nancy Reagan. Uh, well, we'll get to that. So, but spoiler, I am not Nancy Reagan. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we should probably say for those of you who are confused, they're like, how are they poo pooing this? Like, this is the science of of Neil deGrasse Tyson and Carl Sagan. <laughs> I, I don't understand. Um, we're talking about astrology, not astronomy. Right. Um, so, astrology is basically the idea um, that distant objects out in the cosmos, planets. Stars, constellations specifically, have an influence on our lives and events on the planet. Right. And it's very old. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw it as far back as 5,000 years ago, people were starting to develop astrological systems. Um, I saw more frequently 3,000 years ago with the Babylonians that Western astrology kind of started to develop. Yeah. Should we talk about history a little bit? Yeah. I think I finally figured out my beef with it. What? Should I hold on to that or should we talk about history first? I, that's up to you, man. How do you want it to play out? I Just think, don't forget if you hang on to it. Uh, all right. I'm going to write beef at the top of my page. It's gonna, you're going to accidentally gonna command yourself to, to shoot a duck <laughs> later on. Okay. so It's like memento. I'll come back to that. Uh, so history. Um we need to go back in the Wayback Machine, oh, way, right. way back. Yeah. To ancient times. To Babylon. Yeah, when basically people... We and we are going back to Babylon. <laughs> basically when people were like looking around at everything 
and going, I don't get it. Yeah. Why is all this stuff happening? Why did the earth just open up and swallow yeah. Ishmael? Why is it raining? Why is it not raining? Yeah. Why are the crops doing well? Why are they doing terribly? Yeah. Why Why is that sun uh, up half the day and down half the day? Yeah. Uh, so as humans started to get a little more, I don't know about intelligent, but... Um, ans- inquisitive? Inquisitive. I was about to say answer-seeky, but inquisitive <laughs> is the word for that. As they started to get a little more answer-seeky, they started to make things up um, that made them feel better about what was going on. Right. I mean, they they did apply a certain measure of science to it, which is where a lot of people who believe in astrology get the idea that it's scientific at some in some way, shape, or form because it does involve the movement, studying and tracking the movement of the planets yeah. and the constellations, the cosmos, right? Yeah, and Ed makes a good point. Back then, astronomy and astrology were the same thing. Right, right, because you took those observations, astronomy, uh-huh. and then you, uh, you used them to predict or explain the stuff that was going on here on Earth. Right, which, which we is, now call astrology. Right. Yeah. But back yeah. Then, I don't even know what they called it back then. They called it reality. <laughs> Probably so. But it wasn't just the Babylonians who were doing this. Like, all over the planet, basically every culture that's ever lived had some sort of astrological system. Yeah, the uh, Aztec and Incas and the Mayans in South America, they had a zodiac of 20 uh, symbols, uh, including things like earthquake and ape and uh, rain. And um, when they died out, they took it with them. Like, that doesn't have any... It didn't seep into modern forms of astrology like the Babylonians, for instance. No Spanish Jesuit was saying, so can you explain your astrological system to (laughs) an Inca emperor that was being tortured to death? (laughs) Uh, What else? The Chinese, of course, they had their own um, by 1000 B.C., and they had 24 divisions in a year. Yeah, they had like the most complex one probably of all time. Not surprising. No. Um, I don't know why that's not surprising. They're complex people, maybe. When I think of the Zodiac, I think of the Western Zodiac and then Chinese Zodiac. Yeah, me too. And the the only thing I knew about Chinese Zodiac coming in was uh, what year animal I was. What are you? From the menu at the Chinese restaurant. That's where I learned it too. Yeah, I'm the dog. Oh, I'm a dragon. Yeah. Rawr. (laughs) Woof. (laughs) Jerry? Are you a cat? Oh, she just meowed. That... (laughs) That was weird. <laughs> it was. I Maybe mean, her first instinct is just a meow. There is a year of the cat. Uh huh. That Al Stewart song. Are you the year of the fish, Jerry? Uh, All right. What did you do? Like Jerry said that she was the ox, the year of the ox. But when so she meowed. But when she's called upon to do an animal sound, she meows. I think it's cute. What if oxes, oxen meowed? Maybe an ox that was raised by cats. Sure. And it imprinted <laughs> might learn to meow. I think that's what Jerry was saying. This one's getting silly. And there, the, the horoscope one's getting silly? It is. Is there gas leaking in uh, <laughs> one of our vents that I don't know about? Um, all right. So back to China. Um, 24 divisions, 28-part lunar zodiac, and then the 12 branches that correspond to the animal. And then those animals have further subdivisions, uh, like you could be a fire dog or a water dragon. Right. Which we'll get to that stuff in a minute, too. Yeah, and I didn't know that you could be like a, an elemental animal. I thought it was just straight up animal. I did not know that either. 
Yeah, like that's one thing about astrology. No matter what system you're looking at, there's like, oh, there's this one layer, and then let's add this other layer, and another layer, and another layer. Right. That's what fascinates me. It's just yeah. the, the thought that's gone into it. Sure. What about Babylon, though? Uh, what do you mean? Well, I mean... Oh, oh, that's like the origin of the Western. Yeah. And here is where it becomes painfully obvious that astrology can't possibly be correct or real. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're about to say. So our idea of the constellations here in the West came from the ancient Babylonian people and astronomers and astrologers who looked up and they said, oh, Mars is red, so blood can be red. Yeah. So Mars is probably associated with war. Right. They just kind of just made that up. They made it up. And that is fundamentally the basis of astrology. Yeah. Stuff that was made up by the Babylonians can't possibly be true. It's just basically yeah. a fact. Uh, the other big thing is the Babylonians divided the Zodiac into 12 equal parts. But um, according to their own stories, there were 13 constellations in the Zodiac. So they just picked one and left it out. Yes. Which, which was Ophichus. I like how you said that. Ophiuchus? I don't know, man. I've never tried to say that out loud. O-P-H-I-U-C-H-U-S. It's like the hidden zodiac symbol. Well, not hidden. They just kind of said 12 kind of works out better. Right. So let's just leave it out. Yeah, and if the Babylonians prove anything, it's that for thousands of years, humans have always preferred things to be nice and tidy and neat. Yeah. They don't like it to be messy because if you really look at what they were trying to do, it's super messy. So, for example, if you are dividing the night sky into 12, trying to assign a month to each uh, horoscope, Mm -hmm. you've got constellations slopping over into other um, zodiac signs. Sure. the, the actual movement of the constellations behind the sun uh, is w- way less than a 30-day standard. Yeah. I think Scorpio is actually in line with the sun for about seven days out of the year. Yeah. Whereas um, one, uh, one of the other ones is around for like 45 days, I believe. Yeah. Virgo. I, don't, I don't think we even said what that means, though. Maybe yeah, we should yeah, explain we're, that. We're, we should. We should start from the beginning, shall we? Yeah. We got the history down? Yeah. Do you want to take a break first? Uh, yeah, why not? I'll go check my horoscope and see if it says we should continue. Okay. Listen to this. It's a game changer. Amazon is now in healthcare. Yes, Amazon. It's called Amazon One Medical. They offer same-day appointments, and if that's not convenient enough for you, they also have 24-7 virtual care. Yeah, you know, imagine you're feeling so sick that even the thought of getting out of bed is just too much for you. With Amazon One Medical, you don't have to leave the house. Of course, what good is that if you then have to drag yourself to the pharmacy, but you don't have to do that either because of Amazon Pharmacy. It makes a lot of sense. Delivering things fast is what Amazon is known for, and that's exactly what they do here. They'll deliver your prescriptions directly to your door. No waiting in pharmacy lines with people who probably all have something worse than whatever you're there for. Again, this is a game changer. Thanks to Amazon Pharmacy and Amazon One Medical, healthcare just got less painful. Today's episode is brought to you by Altoids because, let's face it, unraveling the mysteries of the universe is tough work. But with Altoids, your breath will be stronger than a black hole's gravitational pull. 
more intense than an alien abduction, and more reliable than your phone's battery during a podcast marathon. When it comes to needing intense freshness, Altoids have you covered. Altoids are stronger than your favorite conspiracy theory, more intense than the latest true crime docuseries, and more reliable than a Bigfoot sighting. They're not just mints, they're curiously strong mints. Find Altoids in the checkout aisle. Grab your tin today. Hey everybody, Josh and Chuck are here to tell you about a new podcast, Car and Drivers Into Cars, a production of Car and Driver and iHeartMedia's Ruby Studio. That's right. It's hosted by Eddie Alterman and Tony Quiroga. Into Cars is the ultimate podcast for car lovers. Whether you're in the market for a new set of wheels or just love the sound of a V8, Car and Driver's panel of editors and car experts test drive and review today's most compelling new rides. And the best part, Eddie and Tony have no filter. They review cars with the same blend of intelligence, independence, and irreverence that has made Car and Driver a trusted source for news and reviews since 1955. Car and Driver's Into Cars is brought to you by eBay Motors. All the parts you need at the prices you want. Guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Visit ebaymotors.com for more. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So jump in, buckle up, and listen to Car and Driver's Into Cars. Available wherever you get podcasts. Hey everybody, it's time to talk about Squarespace. Squarespace has absolutely everything you could possibly need to build whatever website you're trying to. You can host video content and organize your entire video library, plus showcase it on beautiful video pages. You can use analytics to grow your business and learn where your site visits and sales are coming from. What else, Chuck? Well, buddy, if you got merch, then you can sell it on Squarespace. You can easily sell custom merch and create a passive income stream that engages your audience and scales your brand. Design your products and production, inventory, and shipping are all handled for you, saving you time and money. Yeah, and if your business is appointment-based, you can accept appointments on your Squarespace website. You can offer online or in-person private sessions, workshops, and group classes. And Squarespace provides everything you need to manage your schedule, accept secure payments, and send automatic reminders, all in a beautiful showcased site. So just go to squarespace.com slash stuff and you're going to get a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use our offer code stuff to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Well, lucky for us, the horoscope said, finish show. It said, uh, ask again later. Yeah, it said, finish show. The magic But uh, take it easy on me. Yeah, hey, lay off, <laughs> jerks. I had even resolved to not poo-poo astrology. Yeah. I think the first thing I did was, was launch into it. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm sorry, astrology. So, we should get to the basics of all this. And um, we will... This, there's two things that we have to point out. One, we would have to spend years researching astrology to really get everything right. Yes. Two, even if we spent years researching astrology, we would still get stuff wrong depending on who you are because there's a lot of contradictory things. Yeah. Like, for example, I saw that the moon is a fire sign. I also saw that the moon is associated with water. Yeah. How is that? Well, I think there have just been so many permutations over the years that it's, you know, been kind of mixed together. Okay. So, we are going to get things that will contradict your understanding of astrology, I'm quite sure. But for the most part, if, I th feel like if we're sticking to the basics of it, we can get it fairly right, right? 
Yeah. I mean, the most basic thing is sun sign astrology, which is really just seeing where each planet was when you were born, the day you were born. That's the most simplistic way to look at it. Right. And when you ask somebody, what's your sign? What's your sign? See? Pisces. Okay. I'm Cancer. Mm -hmm. All that's saying is that on the date of our births, the uh, Pisces constellation allegedly was behind the sun as it rose. Right. And when I was born, the Cancer uh, constellation was behind the sun when it rose. And the I like to think the sun shine a little brighter when we were born, but probably I can't prove that. <laughs> no, but you can just make a pretty good assumption. <laughs> so um, the way that you do this is you basically take the sun and the Earth and its orbit around the sun, which equals a year, mm-hmm. and you draw a line, an arrow even from the Earth, and may, put it flat, lay it flat. Mm-hmm. I forgot to say that. Right. Uh, and you make a, you draw an arrow from the earth through the sun and then out the other side of the sun. Mm-hmm. And wherever that arrow is pointing, which is actually what the opposite side of the sun, opposite to earth, whatever constellation that is, that's your sign. Right. Pretty simple stuff, right? So you can think of the if, – if you've thought of a circle around each uh, – if you looked at it as a circle, each sign would be its own little – Zone. Zone, exactly. A pizza slice, a pie slice, whatever. If you have a sweet tooth or a salty tooth, you're going to go with either one of those. Right. What about cake? I guess a cake, too. Are you cake or pie? Both. Mm. What's your favorite cake? I like a good coconut cream cake or a coconut frosting cake. Uh Uh, I like... um, What's your favorite pie? mm, Probably... Coconut cream pie? No, actually. That sounds gross. <laughs> um, I would say a key, a good key lime pie, but Ooh, yeah. does cheesecake constitute pie? Uh, I think you've just opened up a hornet's nest. Well, I, I love cheesecake. Basically, I don't really discriminate. All right. I've learned, uh, I recently started trying cherry pie, and I was like, where have you been my whole life? Why did I ever discriminate against you? You know, it's just been sitting there in the pie safe. Right. Rotting. Yeah. Because no one eats cherry pie anymore. Yeah, and then I came along and ate all the rotten cherry pie and loved it. <laughs> all what, right. What about you, cake pie? Oh, I love the good key lime pies, like you were saying. Sure. But um, I don't eat a lot of either. Uh, you know, I don't just keep like cake and pie around the house. <laughs> it's probably a good move. And I don't really eat dessert in the restaurants <laughs> either. Um, so just neither. Probably more cake, just because cakes are the occasion sure. dessert. Yeah. Like people bring in cake for uh, birthdays or whatever. Yeah, any any like Publix cake is awesome. There's standard cake with buttercream icing. Yeah, yeah. Never had it. Oh, Chuck, I'll bring you a slice. I like a good pecan pie, but I eat. Oh the, yeah, those are good too. I eat the pecan now, but I used to not like the nuts. Mm-hmm. I would just slice that off because I like the the jelly. You'd get rid of the candy pecans. Yeah, but I don't now because now I'm grown up. Okay. <laughs> Just eat the jelly. Man, pecan pie. Mm, mm. Pumpkin pie? Sure. All right, I'm going all in on pie now that I think about it. Okay, pie. All right. Okay. Wait till you try the Publix cake, though. <laughs> Where are we? Oh, uh, sorry. We were talking about how— Pizza pie slices. Right, and yeah. each one of those slices is one of the 12 constellations of the Zodiac. Right. Okay, so wherever, wherever the Earth— Whatever constellation is opposite the Earth on the other side of the sun, 
That's your sun sign. And right. when you were born, that constellation has a bunch of different personality traits, and they are basically imbued onto you. Mm-hmm. You were born under that sign, which means you are going to have those personality traits. That's the point of what's called the sun sign. That's right. Um, in Western astrology, there you can subdivide it into three groups. Uh, mundane astrology, and this is basically what what is your aim uh, with these. Mundane astrology is examines world events and makes predictions about big things like uh, the economy and war. Uh, interrogatory uh, astrology that seeks to make predictions, very specific ones or analyses for, uh, for about like, events or your life, maybe like for you, the individual. Yeah, more like you say it's like when you when somebody says they'll consult the stars to see what the best course of action is. That's what they're right. talking about. Uh, which seems like it overlaps with uh, the last one. I think, think all three of them could def- like if you're doing like a serious chart to figure out something, a deep dive. You you would probably do all three. Uh, so what would that be? Natal mm-hmm. astrology, uh, and, like birth astrology. Yeah, and that's when you read your daily horoscope, uh, and that's based on the idea that. Everything that happens to someone is expressed by the very beginning, like that moment you were born. Right. But ironically, the moment you're born, not the moment you were conceived. So really, that's when the astrology starts. Not the moment you were conceived, but the moment you were born. Right. But the idea, this law of beginning says that the moment you're born, the stars basically make everything in your life predestined Mm -hmm. and therefore predictable if the person knows how to read the stars correctly. That's the basis of astrology. Yeah. And then what you would come up with, these predictions, this chart, that is your horoscope. That's right. And then uh, there are different um, – the signs can be subgrouped into four elements. You've heard of like I'm a water sign. You're a water sign. Sure. We're both water signs. How about that? Yeah. Uh, so fire sign, that would be Aries, Leo, Sagittarius, uh, enthusiasm, action, leadership, Open to change, uh, water signs besides Cancer and Pisces, you've got Scorpio, um, emotion, sensitivity, and compassion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Earth signs, Taurus, Virgo, Capricorn, uh, practicality, and a focus on material goals. And then air signs, Gemini, Libra, and Aquarius uh, into, uh, signifies intellect. Right. And those are the big groupings, the elemental groupings. Right. So here we've kind of come up with another layer, right? Yeah. Like since each each sign on its own has its own qualities. Like for example, um the Cancer is uh very uh domestic, imaginative, thorough, shy, interested in the past and tradition. That's me all over. Is it really all those things? Yeah, basically. Um but the then you lay over the uh water sign, right? That it's a water sign. Mm-hmm. So that adds to the emotion or the sensitivity or the compassion of it. The, the where it really starts to get interesting is the idea that there's a relationship between the element and the sign. And those are with the um, cardinal, fixed, or mutable. Um, right, whether or not you're resistant to change, you're able to change, or uh, what's cardinal? Just general movement? Cardinal is that it moves, right? So so these three things, it's like a whole other layer. And, and basically... Um, so they have to do with the solstices and the equinoxes. Yeah. We should say there's a couple of kinds of Western 
astrology. One is sidereal, which follows the movement of the stars. So your birth sign is sidereal astrology. Yeah. There's another one called tropical that really just has nothing to do with the stars. It's the idea that around the uh, in the cosmos, mm-hmm. the, the zodiac is fixed, and it really has nothing to do with the stars. It has to do with the sun's relative position to the horizon. So it has to do with things like solstices and equinoxes. Yeah. So when you go into the tropical um, type of astrology, that's when the cardinal fixed immutable comes up. So a cardinal sign, right? Mm-hmm. Each element has a cardinal sign. So there's four cardinal signs. And for example, cancer is the cardinal water sign, right? Right. Each element also has four fixed signs. So Leo is the uh, fixed fire sign. That has to do with like persistence, perseverance, resistance to change. And then lastly, mutable means you're flexible, adaptable, suggestible. And Gemini is a mutable air sign. There's four different mutable air signs, right? So you put them all together. Mm -hmm. And what you have is interaction between the elements and the signs themselves yeah. so that you have sometimes contradictory stuff. Yeah. You have um, things that enhance other things, mm-hmm. but it's yet another layer. So now you have three layers deep of interpretations of yeah. just the signs. And it's up to an astrologer to um, extra- extract whatever, however they want to read it, basically. Like right. Ed makes a point, you can ask a hundred different astrologers to look at your your chart, and right. they might give you a hundred different readings. Yeah, because it's ultimately the astrologer's interpretation of the information that's presented by these right. the signs, and whether they're cardinal or fixed or mutable or what element they are. Right. Well, they can also be masculine or feminine, mm-hmm. uh, which Ed points out is not really can't think of it in terms of gender. It's more like the concept of yin and yang. Right. Which makes a little more sense. Yeah. But when I look at mine, Pisces, February 20 to March 20, um, mutable water feminine. Okay, so that's where I am. Emotional, sure. Self-sacrificing, sometimes. Adaptable, sometimes. Empathetic, almost always. Religious, not anymore. Versatile, eh. Sure. Talkative, sometimes. Yeah, you get paid for it. Yeah, well, sometimes I'm really quiet, though. I don't want to talk. Okay. You know? Well, that goes against all astrology. Uh, Often takes on the behaviors of others. I don't know about that. Uh, Creative, I hope. Impractical. No, I'm pretty practical. So like... But more... Like half and half, maybe. Would you say half? I I feel like you did... Or maybe more. Maybe 70-30. Yeah, that sounds about right. All right. But even still, I mean, that doesn't prove anything. No, of course not. But it did just get you to think about yourself. Exactly. Right? That's the whole point, right? From what I understand, that's how Ed tells it. <laughs> so you've got all these different layers to just your, just the sign that you were born under, right? Yes. But there's even there's even deeper layers to the whole thing, right? That has to do with the movement of the constellations or the movement of the sun, um, and it also has to do with more than just the sign you were born under. Like when you sit down and you do an astrological chart, you, um, you're you basically looking at the position of everything that's taken into, into account in the cosmos mm-hmm. rather than just where the constellation, what constellation was behind the sun when you were born. Right. We'll, we're going to dive even deeper into this stuff after this message break.
Listen to this. It's a game changer. Amazon is now in healthcare. Yes, Amazon. It's called Amazon One Medical. They offer same-day appointments. And if that's not convenient enough for you, they also have 24-7 virtual care. Yeah, you know, imagine you're feeling so sick that even the thought of getting out of bed is just too much for you. With Amazon One Medical, you don't have to leave the house. Of course, what good is that if you then have to drag yourself to the pharmacy, but you don't have to do that either because of Amazon Pharmacy. It makes a lot of sense. Delivering things fast is what Amazon is known for, and that's exactly what they do here. They'll deliver your prescriptions directly to your door. No waiting in pharmacy lines with people who probably all have something worse than whatever you're there for. Again, this is a game changer. Thanks to Amazon Pharmacy and Amazon One Medical, healthcare just got less painful. Today's episode is brought to you by Altoids because, let's face it, unraveling the mysteries of the universe is tough work. But with Altoids, your breath will be stronger than a black hole's gravitational pull, more intense than an alien abduction, and more reliable than your phone's battery during a podcast marathon. When it comes to needing intense freshness, Altoids have you covered. Altoids are stronger than your favorite conspiracy theory, more intense than the latest true crime docuseries, and more reliable than a Bigfoot sighting. They're not just mints, they're curiously strong mints. Find Altoids in the checkout aisle. Grab your tin today. Hey, everybody. Josh and Chuck are here to tell you about a new podcast, Car and Drivers Into Cars, a production of Car and Driver and iHeartMedia's Ruby Studio. That's right. It's hosted by Eddie Alterman and Tony Quiroga. Into Cars is the ultimate podcast for car lovers. Whether you're in the market for a new set of wheels or just love the sound of a V8, Car and Drivers panel of editors and car experts test drive and review today's most compelling new rides. And the best part, Eddie and Tony have no filter. They review cars with the same blend of intelligence, independence, and irreverence that has made Car and Driver a trusted source for news and reviews since 1955. Car and Driver's Into Cars is brought to you by eBay Motors. All the parts you need at the prices you want guaranteed to fit your ride every time visit ebaymotors.com for more eligible items only exclusions apply so jump in buckle up and listen to car and drivers into cars available wherever you get podcasts hey everybody did you know that boricua is the name for someone from puerto rico but it's more than just a name. It's a way of life and representation of the vibrant spirit of the island. Yeah, that's right. It's an island that's filled with adventure around every corner and natural treasures waiting to be explored, like El Yunque, the only tropical rainforest in the entire United States. That's right. Or you can get swept away by natural beauty and come away with unique stories that could only be experienced in Puerto Rico that remind you of why you travel in the first place. Visits end, but stories last forever. You don't become a part of the island. It becomes a part of you. That's right. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. So, Chuck, we were talking about how we've got like the fixed layers, right? Mm-hmm. And then depending on when you were born, where you were born, there's a lot of stuff to take into account. And because, when, when meaning like literally the minute yes, and second even. Yeah, because um, one of the zodiacs, uh, well, the houses, when you add this other layer, the houses of the zodiac, yeah, which are the same thing as the zodiac signs, but they're different. In this case, they represent the 24-hour movement of the earth on its axis. Right. 
Um, so now you have the added layer of time yeah. to, the, to the moment that you were born um, to, to create a genuine like astrology chart. So <clears throat> not only are you taking into account time and your sun sign, but you also want to look around if you're a good astrologer and say, okay, where was the moon? What house was the was Venus in? And you start to you start to basically go through and find the position of every planet, including the sun and the moon. Yeah. Um, and, and the all sun of and these, the moon are considered planets, right? As far as case. astrology goes, right? Mm-hmm. And then when you put all this stuff together, you there's a huge, extremely complex interplay between all these different um, components that are all supposed to point to the person that you were born as. Right. That's. <laughs> Uh, this is where I, I think I should t- say my beef now. Okay. I think it's a good time for that. Okay. My beef is that I couldn't find anywhere, and this is me looking for science where there is none, Right. is why? Like the position of the stars, and they all affect who you are and, uh, and, and what you're going to be like. All right, well, explain that to me. How does it do that? Oh, yeah. No, like, that's... What, what forces, what scientific forces are behind this? Zero. That cause this? None. Like, I get what you're saying, people. The stars are aligned, and these things are all in a certain place, and you're going to be a certain way. All right, well, how does it do that? It doesn't. That's where, that's my beef. So, I mean, that's a legitimate beef. Um, there's no how. No, there's not. Yeah. There's none. Uh, I guess I'm not hung up on that fact. I think I just kind yeah. of accept it. and It's almost like coming upon uh, an, the belief system of another culture. Yeah, it's so hard. You and can't knowing that, around it. like, I don't subscribe to it, mm-hmm. but I'm interested in like what what they believe, right? And how it applies to their life. But that doesn't mean that I believe in it. I'm right. just I'm just kind of interested in it in an academic sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're we're curious people, right. so I get that. Right. Uh, so just don't things. get hung up on the fact that it doesn't actually work, <laughs> and you'll you'll be interested in it, I promise. No, I do think it's interesting, and I used to read my horoscope here and there just uh-huh. for fun, just the same way I look at a fortune cookie. Right. Um, it's just a parlor trick that, to me, though. It's not but, but anything the thing I would take is, seriously. I think an astrologer, even if, they, even if they said, fine, you don't believe in it, that's fine, but this is more than a parlor trick. Like, they're really sitting down and applying this, and it takes a tremendous amount of time calculation, yeah. um, a certain measure of, of science. You have to understand astronomy, at least, because you yeah. have to go figure out when someone was born, where, what was where, right? Yeah, sure. And so when you're sitting down and doing your chart, you were born a Pisces, right? Yes. So the Pisces constellation was behind the sun, but where was Saturn? And why would Saturn matter? Well, Saturn is a melancholy planet. Right? It sure is. So if Saturn is in a house associated with happiness, um, you might have a, a thread of bittersweetness that runs through your whole life. That might be one interpretation of it. Or you might be happy sometimes and sad sometimes. Uh, maybe. Which is every person ever. Sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah, definitely. Uh-huh. And again, I'm not explaining how this works. I'm yeah, just saying yeah. like this is what an astrologer would, would sit down and think. Or um, Mars is warlike. Well, if Mars was in, um, uh, I don't know, a house associated with aggressiveness, mm-hmm. you might get into fights your whole life, according yeah. to this astrology chart. So that's just each planet, right? Right. Let's say that you have Mars in a an aggressive house, mm-hmm. and you have Saturn in a happy house, mm-hmm. how do those interact with each other? How does that getting in fights all the time uh, interact with 
the bittersweetness that runs through your life. And that's open to interpretation as well. And that's where the astrologist, I think I was saying astrologist earlier. Is that even a word? I think so. Okay. It doesn't seem, it seems like I've heard that before. Well, at any rate, that's where they come into play. Yes. With their varying interpretations. But not just the interpretations. They're actually going to sit down and figure out what was where. Mm Mm-hmm what that means according to the astrological tradition. Right. And then the third step is for them to um, interpret it for you. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, there is a a tremendous amount of work to it, from what I can tell, for a genuine astrological chart. Your friend's mom hooked you up when you were a kid. Yeah, I mean, she didn't dash it off in five minutes, I'll tell you that. Yeah. There was math involved. (laughs) (laughs) And angles and stuff. So the main thing you're getting if you're looking at like a newspaper or if you have if your son up for some sort of internet daily horoscope is it's usually some sort of personality profile advice on your life uh maybe some sort of um map to for finances you might want to think about you know investing soon you, that's yeah. where people probably get in trouble yeah um but it's pretty much personal advice stuff, not so much long-term future right. type of thing. Not like predicting your future necessarily. Uh, well, they do to the extent of like, you'll have a so-so day today. Yeah, yeah. Today will be rather unremarkable. Yeah, or like a lot of times it can be, I think it's it's like, you know, today might be a good day to reach out to an old friend. Mm-hmm. And if you follow that advice, then that's great because your old friend probably would want to hear from you. And then... You have lunch with that friend, and it goes great. And you might say, well, see there? My my horoscope said to reach out to an old friend, right. and it went awesome. Or if it went really horribly, you'd be like, why are you punishing me, stars? Yeah, or what if you get killed on the way to the lunch? Like, sure. You don't hear those stories. No, but that's the great thing about astrology. It removes personal responsibility from your decisions. <laughs> that's funny. And I should say also, I want to, I wanna like, there are even more layers to the whole thing than what I what I said. I, oh, sure. I, I hope we kind of got the point across that there's layer upon layer upon layer and they all interact with one another. But, I mean, like a, a good astrologer will take into account, like, whether a planet was in retrograde and what that means when yeah. you were born, you know, um, or if it's in retrograde right now. Um, there's just so much to it. I think that's what fascinates me. Well, Ed makes a good point. Uh, if this is a true science, then it should have... It should pass the muster of the of repeatable testing, right? Uh, which of course it doesn't. No, um, no, it really, really doesn't. But some other people might say, you know what? This is it's beyond science. This is you shouldn't try and quantify it in terms of science. This is something that you can't you can't even understand it, right. bro. Your puny science cannot explain this. Yeah, human. it exists outside that realm to something that we don't know and right. understand. And hey, I'm a science guy, but I'm not foolish enough to think there isn't anything out there that I maybe don't know about or we can't prove. I think that's very healthy. You know? I My hat is off to you. You're a Fordian and you don't even know it. <laughs> Seriously, that's like, to me, that's the... The pinnacle of what a thinking person can aspire to. Well, I think that's when you stop looking, when you think that, we, you know, we've got it all figured out. Right. You know? Yeah. Uh, Especially when you aggressively attack other people who say otherwise. <laughs> well, yeah. 
that if this conversation is floating your boat, go listen to the Enlightenment episode. That was good. Oh, that was a good one. Had a lot to do with that. Uh, they have done studies though on the viability of astrology as far as you know, are, are you could do divorce rates? Um, are they compatible, or, or do they comply with um, or correlate with the compatibility of two people astrologically right. speaking? Yeah, they don't. Yes, yeah, so, you know, there's supposedly interaction amongst the signs where, like, you know. Uh, Virgos don't get along with um, Capricorns or something like that. Yeah. And that doesn't hold up through scientific right. study. No. And if you cherry pick examples in your life, of course you might think it does. Well, yeah, that's why a lot of people are like, astrology's right. It's uh, a selection bias is what you're encountering. You're ignoring the stuff that disproves it or that suggests that it's not true. And instead just focusing on the amazing facts where it lines up. Right. Right. That's yeah. a selection bias, correct? I think so. I, I need to know more about all the different biases. It's interesting. We should say another thing that kind of suggests that astrology is not accurate. The zodiac signs are no longer where they're supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. If you're going by your birth date, for example, I was born July 15th, so I would be a cancer. If you actually follow the constellations, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm a Gemini. Oh, uh, really? Never knew that. So Geminis are um, concerned with information, highly yeah. literate, curious, sure, adaptable, yeah. absent-minded, yeah. love to travel. Whoa. I am a Gemini. <laughs> wow. So the reason why is because when astrology was first created, the, um, the earth, the constellations were lined up with where they were originally. Right. As the earth rotates on its axis, it wobbles. Yeah, precision. And over the last couple of thousand years, it's wobbled so that those constellations are no longer where they were when yeah. they set them 3,000 years ago. Right. So today we have totally different, um, totally different signs. Oh, what would mine be? Can, can we figure that out? So you were born on the Ides of March. You're still a Pisces, man. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I love it. I am, uh, now, I am now a Gemini. Because it got moved. So let's let's go through, because I think a lot of people don't know this. And NASA blogged about it a couple of years ago and really caused a stir. Um, Is Jerry still a cat ox? Jerry, <laughs> Jerry's birthday is April something, right? Jerry's birthday is... What's your birthday? Your birthday is Valentine's Day? I didn't know that. Jerry just said her birthday is February 14th, because we have to edit out any Jerry talk, right? Jerry, what are you supposed to be normally? You are a Capricorn. You are uh, January 20th to February 16th. As far as NASA is concerned, you're a Capricorn. So it starts, and we should say, well, I don't think we said this, but the Zodiac officially in the West starts with Aries and moves on. Yes. Um, so starting with Capricorn, because NASA's like, no, we're going to start with the beginning of the year. <laughs> Capricorn, January 20th to February 16th. Okay. Aquarius is now February 16th to March 11th, and you'll notice these Ooh. aren't necessarily 30-day yeah, periods. Yeah, so close. Yeah, you were. Uh, Pisces, March 11th to April 18th. Aries, April 18th okay. to May 13th. Mm -hmm. Taurus, May 13th to June 21st. That's a long one. Uh, Gemini, June 21st to July 20th. That's mm -hmm. me now. Cancer, July 20th to August 10th. Oh, I used to be a Cancer. Leo, August 10th to September 16th. 
Virgo, September 16th to October 30th. Libra, October 30th to November 23rd. Scorpio, November 23rd to 29th. That's six days. You got six days to be a Scorpio. Wow. It's kind of neat. Uh, Ophiuchus. Yeah, the long forgotten. November 29th to December 17th. Wow. Isn't that crazy? There's people out there who don't even know that they're that sign. Yeah, or how to pronounce it. Right. No one does. No one alive knows how to pronounce that. <laughs> Uh, and then Sagittarius, December 17th to January 20th. Wow. I don't even know anything anymore. No, no one does, Chuck. I think th- w- this is fascinating stuff, though. I've been thinking a lot lately about uh, what does shape your personality and what you become in life as far as nature and nurture. And some people might throw this in there. Uh, I think we should totally do a podcast on birth order. Um, oh yeah, that's a good one. Super fascinating to me. Or whether um, whether hearing your name or the vibrations caused by saying your own name throughout your life has an effect on your personality. What you heard that one? No. Yeah, supposedly the the vibrations or the frequency made from hearing and saying your own name Chuck. throughout your life makes your makes your personality a certain way. Weird. Yeah. I All mean, right. it's probably not true, but it's interesting. Well, we teased Ronald Reagan earlier. Well, we didn't tease Ronald Reagan. <laughs> he did. <laughs> but we can't talk about astrology without talking a little bit about the Reagan administration because uh, in 1988, uh, Ron and Nancy were uh, outed, sort of exposed, yeah, <laughs> as, as having an astrologer on the payroll to the tune of about how much? Three, three grand? Three grand. Per what? Reading? A month. Three grand a month. Yeah. That's not bad. No, this lady was working hard. Joan uh, Quigley, down under. That's her nickname. <laughs> Medicine woman. And uh, it was revealed that she uh, wrote up star charts uh, and basically detailed, even down to the minute, supposedly, depending on who you listen to, what Reagan's schedule should look like. Right. So this lady was definitely doing mundane, interrogatory, and natal astrology combined to create a chart. Yes. For sure. And uh, Chief of Staff Don Regan wrote in his memoir, um, I mean, he, I mean, th- this is a, it's not a matter of debate or anything. No, this is for real. For real. But Don Regan wrote in his memoirs and he talked about, um, you know, capturing the public's attention like that was a big deal uh, because it, it looked like it, what was going on was going on, which was that his schedule was kind of being determined by an astrologist, astrologer. Like, uh, you can't talk to Gorby today. This is a bad day to propose the SALT treaty. Wait until, you know, November 18th. That's when you talk to Gorby. And then Don Regan would be told by Nancy uh, he he should be talking to Gorby on November 18th. Yeah, because she would meet with Nancy. Right. Only met Ron once, supposedly. Uh Um, and and Nancy downplayed it a lot. Of course, they all tried to distance She's themselves. She's like, Charlie's so stupid, <laughs> but do it. Well, they said it was more of a hobby, and, and she def- definitely had no impact on decisions. It was really just about scheduling. Okay. That's what they said. Scheduling decisions. <laughs> but uh, she wrote a book, actually, uh, Miss Quigley, in 1990. It was called, <laughs> this is the most on-the-nose book title of all time. It was called, What Does Joan Say, colon, My Seven Years as White House Astrologer to Nancy and Ronald Reagan. (laughs) By me, Joan. (laughs) Do you get it? Um, And she said, uh, quote, I was responsible for timing all press conferences, most speeches, the State of the Union addresses, the takeoffs and landings of Air Force One. 
I picked the time of Ronald Reagan's debate with uh, Jimmy Carter and the two debates with Mondale, all extended trips abroad, as well as shorter trips and one-day excursions, end quote. Man. Um, so, yes, the leader of the free world, arguably the most powerful American president in recent memory, uh, had his schedule determined by an astrologer. So weird. I got a couple more things. All right, what you got? So, um, apparently, Americans around the time of Reagan had hit, like, basically a low in believing in astrology. Yeah. There, they did a poll after that that news came out, and they found that American belief overall in astrology um, was at 12%, which was down from, this is in 88, which was down from 29% the 10 years before in 1970. Yeah, which makes total sense, like coming off of the the hippie age and the goofy 70s. Right, like what's your sign? Into the very, like, kind of cynical late 80s. Sure. Uh, it, it aligns perfectly. Right. Like the stars. But somebody forgot to send Nancy and Ron that memo. So in 2004, another poll found that it had gone back up to 29%. Yeah. I no idea that. why. And then another poll I saw that asked something different rather than, do you believe in astrology? It asked, um, would you say that astrology is, quote, not at all scientific? In 2004, 66% of Americans said that. In 2012, that it was not scientific. Not scientific. Okay. So basically, they don't believe in astrology, right. 66%. And then in 2012, um, 55% said that. Huh. So apparently belief in astrology is still on the increase. Interesting. Uh, even more interesting, in China, 92% of the public says they don't believe in astrology oh, wow. compared to about 45% here. Hmm. And then lastly, I have one more story. You ready? Yeah. And there's actually a blog post you can go read called The Genius Mural at St. John's. Okay? By you? Yeah. It's from years back, but I just came across this story. It's amazing. There's this place called St. John's Anglican Church. It's in Lunenburg, Nova Scotia. Okay. And um, it was built in 1754, and it was built with uh, a mural on the ceiling of the night sky with gilded stars. Lovely. And they were remodeling the church, and they wanted to redo the mural, uh, right? Mm -hmm. Recreate it exactly as it had been, but they realized they didn't have any dead-on photographs of it, so they had to kind of like figure out what to do. Right. So they hired an astronomer and he started poking around into it and he realized that the mural, which had been constructed in 1754, was the exact scene of the night sky over Lunenburg on December 24th, 1 CE, which oh, is wow. in the Christian tradition is the night Christ was born. Somebody... In 1754, mm -hmm. accurately calculated what the sky had looked like 1,754 years before wow. on December 24th and turned it into a mural. Isn't that amazing? Amazing. I love that story. Pretty cool. Yeah. So that's astrology. And what's the name of that story? The uh, Genius, Genius mur Mural at St. John's. Nice. Thanks, man. Uh, you got anything else? Nope. I could talk about this all day. You sure? I think we did right by it. <laughs> if you want to know more about astrology, go uh, read Joan Quigley's book. And uh, since I said Joan Quigley, it's time for listener mail. Uh, I'm going to call this Star Wars action figure nerd. Uh, hey, guys. Love the show. Like to, I can say like all the other fans, it's definitely my favorite thing to listen to. I'm a transplant to Texas from Tennessee, and I always get excited when I can make that long drive back home and binge on your interesting material. 
uh, just listened to action figures uh, and was thrilled to hear you talk about Star Wars action figures. I'm one of those Star Wars guys you mentioned that read way too much of the fan fiction and knew way too many characters, uh, too many of the character names. I wanted to share a fact I thought was interesting about the Kenner toys and two of the bounty hunter characters seen in Empire Strikes Back. Uh, Kenner, when originally packaging the characters, mislabeled for loam. I'm probably not even pronouncing that right. Uh, for the number four dash L O M, originally the droid, and Zuckus, Z U C K U S S, originally the bug looking guy, and switched their names. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bet somebody got fired for that Can one. Do you believe it? Uh, the name stuck until 1989, and you can see on newer packaging of the Hasbro toys that their names have been switched back. I always thought it was interesting, uh, an interesting mishap. Thanks for all you guys do, and uh, I've learned so much, and it's love referencing your show every chance I get. Sincerely, Harrison Ford. Adam West. No! P.S. Sadly, I'm not him. Oh. <laughs> wow. How great would that be? Man, that, that nice email, Adam. It was full of drama, suspense, facts. Yeah. And I could do my Conan O'Brien nerd voice. Nice, man. Which I completely stole from him. Sure. Just want to make that clear. Yeah. Not claiming it as your own, right? Nope. It's an homage to Conan. Yep. Uh, well, Adam, thank you. That was a great one. If you want to get in touch with us like Adam did, you can join us on uh, facebook.com slash stuff you should know. Uh, and you can also hang out with us at SYSK Podcast. Send us an email to uh, stuffpodcast at HowStuffWorks.com. And as always, join us at our home on the web, StuffYouShouldKnow.com. Stuff You Should Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey, if you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon as low as $25 a month every month, taxes and fees included. Use promo code STUFF20 to receive $20 off your first month for listening to this podcast. Switch now at Visible.com. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly rate is $25 per month. Today's episode is brought to you by Altoids because, let's face it, unraveling the mysteries of the universe is tough work. But with Altoids, your breath will be stronger than a black hole's gravitational pull, more intense than an alien abduction, and more reliable than your phone's battery during a podcast marathon. When it comes to needing intense freshness, Altoids have you covered. Altoids are stronger than your favorite conspiracy theory, more intense than the latest true crime docuseries, and more reliable than a Bigfoot sighting. They're not just mints, they're curiously strong mints. Find Altoids in the checkout aisle. Grab your tin today. Ready, set, griddle this grilling season. Get the Weber Slate rust-resistant griddle. With a carbon steel cooktop that's safe for metal tools, it's pre-seasoned and ready to cook on right out of the box. It's the griddle that stays ready, not rusty. This griddle heats evenly edge to edge. It reaches up to 500 degrees, and the Weber Works Prep Cook and Store System keeps cooking supplies handy. You can carry all the food, condiments, and utensils you need. So get fired up for your new Weber Slate rust-resistant griddle.
Hey friends, when someone says Amazon, do you think healthcare? Well, maybe you should. Amazon One Medical offers same-day appointments, and if somehow that's still not convenient enough, they have 24-7 virtual care. Not only that, there's also Amazon Pharmacy, so after your virtual care appointment, Amazon will deliver your prescriptions directly to your door. No waiting in line with people who are sick with who knows what. It's a new era of healthcare. Thanks to Amazon Pharmacy and Amazon One Medical, healthcare just got less painful. 